Welcome to the Money Mindful Podcast, where money mindset and life coach Megan Jean Smith, hey, that's me, teaches you how to transform your relationship to money and achieve your life goals so you can live a glorious, magnificent, delicious, awesome life and love being you. Hello and welcome to the Money Mindful Podcast. This is your host, Megan Jean Smith. I got a guest on the show for you today. Haven't had a guest for a while. I wanted to have a discussion today about depletion and burnout and how to prevent it because we're getting close to the end of the year already, all right? And as we gear up for the end of the year, I don't know about you, but I sure find it easy to get depleted and burnt out with trying to finish all the projects in my business, attend all the social events. November is crazy for me. Both my daughters have their birthday and so do I. (laughs) And a bunch of our family members, why is this the case? And all the things that happen. And so I thought it would be the perfect time to bring on my guest, the lovely Elaine. Elena Turley to discuss how we can prevent depletion as a woman building a biz and how to overcome it, right? And the reason in particular that I've got Elena on is that she's amazing. I've got her introduction in front of me. I'm not going to read it all, but basically she runs an amazing membership, the Soul Mama Hub, and she works with women and helps them overcome postnatal depression, uh, postnatal depletion, depletion people. That's why I've got her on here. The aim of this podcast was I wanted to bring her on to really have that discussion and bring it front of mind to you because so often at this time of year, we get depleted, we get burnt out. And I want to remind you that that happens and let's prevent that. So before I bang on for ages, let's welcome Elena. Welcome to the show. Hello, Megan Jean Smith. How are you? I am so good. Listen, I have to say a few things about you. I've got this beautiful introduction for you. I just have to let everybody know that you are an award-winning educator. You're a podcaster. Elena has the podcast Unboxable. That is correct. That's right. Yep. I've actually been on Elena's podcast. So um, yeah, she's a martial artist. Mm-hmm. She holds all these different qualifications. She's into permaculture design, which I love because I've done that too. And she runs this amazing membership for women. And this is where her expertise really kicks in. And so I want her to be here with you today to share all her brilliance. So, Elena, why don't we start with do you want, I mean, do you want to tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? I'm sure you can say it better than I can. Well, you know, thank you for having me, Megan, first of all. I am so honoured to be invited on your podcast and I just know that your listeners will be awesome, cool ladies just like you. So it's always beautiful to connect. Megan and I have a little bit of a like, I don't know, like a friend romance. What do you, What's the equivalent of a bromance for women? I think we need a word for that, Megan. I don't know what it is, but we have to think of it. And We've just, I don't know, like we've only met once, but I think we have a resonance and it's really interesting every time we speak, we discover another thing we have in common. So it's always lovely to hang out. And I guess all I really want to do today is just serve 
the women in your community with a little bit of my experience and a little bit of my consideration and reflection and share a few things that I've learned that may help them navigate, particularly this time of year, as you mentioned, but also just to understand that uh, in my experience and in all the research I've done and all the training I've done, many different modalities of personal development, of health, of well-being, martial arts, there's a lot of things that point to the fact that we have an essential misunderstanding as women around, first of all, what is expected of us, the kinds of perfectionism that we often try to achieve in our lives that is unrealistic um, and puts us in a bit of a corner and makes us feel bad about ourselves when we really need not. There's a lot of conditioning there. Also feel like there's a lot of misunderstanding just in a physiological sense around the way that when you have children, your body changes, your mind changes, everything about you changes. Matrescence is one of the biggest transformations in your life, if not the biggest, on every level, mentally, physiologically, spiritually, however you want to think about it, emotionally, identity-wise. And because of that, we often, I think we think that, okay, well, I've had my baby and I've been through the fourth trimester and I've had a year off work or three years off work or whatever it is for you, no time off work, it's time to get back to normal. You know, the get back to normal concept that we had also after the last couple of years. And I think it's often not taking into account individual circumstances and individual experiences, which can be very diverse. And sometimes our body hasn't recovered when we go back to work. And sometimes our identity is not clear when we come back into the world after having children. I see you nodding your head. I think this is a common experience for a lot of women to feel like they should know a clear path ahead, but to not know that clear path. And just quietly, I think clarity is wildly overrated. I think that all the juicy, good stuff happens in the uncertainty. But how do we navigate that uncertainty when we're tired, when we're overloaded or overwhelmed or burnt out with all the things that we feel we need to be and do as a mother, as a woman, in our business, in our lives, in our work, whatever it is that we have on our plate. And I feel like there are times where it can get out of whack, incongruous, the expectations that we have and what's actually possible. And that right there is where we have the power to make a difference with really small choices and just self-compassion and a few things that we can talk more about today that can actually really empower us to navigate that differently. That's the bit that I'm really fascinated by. So let's take a step back and talk about the definition, like what is depletion? What are the signs? Like what does it, um, and I'm guessing that it looks different for different people, but what is depletion and how does it show up? So one of the interesting things about it, and this is a concept that was spearheaded by a man called Dr. Oscar Soralat, who lives in the Northern Rivers region. And he wrote an article for Goop that was one of their most highly viewed articles that year. So then he wrote a book and he and his wife do incredible work up there. And because he's a GP, he came at it from very much a medical perspective and he followed the research. But I will just say, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a health professional. So any of this advice and information is couched in that context. This is my experience and my research, okay? It's not about depression. Postnatal depression is very different. And for that, you need intervention of professional people. This is not that. So depletion is a lot more fuzzy. And that's one of the things that makes it harder to recognize as well. I would say some of the signs that are more common, and again, they just could easily be seen as tiredness, right? So brain fog, 
Sometimes you have things like your hair falling out can be a bit of a sign that you nutritionally are depleted. Another big one that I see a lot and that is pretty common also in my experience is hypervigilance. So you know when like, no, 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 don't go over there and like dad's like, she's fine and you're going, no, 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 and having this really big reaction. So hypervigilance sometimes is a sign that your nervous system is under too much pressure. So anything basically that jitteriness, that inability to sleep and relax, that sense that things like not being able to remember verbs or words that you need, that kind of really distinct brain fog is a clear sign. It's that your body's not quite operating at its optimal levels, right? And the inability to rest even when you get the chance is another clear sign. So you're super tired. You've got a chance to rest and you can't. That's another one. Sometimes it can present in lots of different ways. For me, uh, I felt really alone. I felt really isolated and I lost a lot of confidence in myself at one point. And I generally was aware that like I had, you know, dry skin and I had lots of, my body was telling me in lots of different ways that I wasn't healthy, all over healthy, right? And that can happen for lots of reasons. And often this can be exacerbated because whether or not you breastfeed your baby, sometimes breastfeeding, if your body's already depleted from a pregnancy that was quite heavy on the body, or if you're perhaps an older woman, or if you went into your pregnancy with some pre-existing health concerns, those things can just put a lot of strain on the body and emotionally because you don't feel good and spiritually because you're separate from your support systems in our modern society. You're not always living near family and friends. There's a lot of different things that feed into it, that can that conditioning we just mentioned before. And that can put you in a place where you feel like you should be coping better. And it can make you think something's wrong with you when really you possibly didn't keep taking your vitamins at that point in your life or, and this can be lots of things. It's not only pregnancy and breastfeeding that take you to places of depletion. There's lots of things in our, in our modern world, like diet, you know, a a lack of nutritionally dense foods, like sleep deprived, like too much screens, screen time, like just pushing yourself constantly. All of those things can lead you to a place where your body and your system is basically not at, not at its optimal health. And that's how I would Define depletion. I would say it means you're not doing the things your body really needs to feel best, to work at its best. Yes. And I think that what is relevant to this time of year is that, I mean, I'm speaking for myself mainly, but I see it in others as well, is that there's a deadline, right? The end of year is looming. So, yeah, for some reason, they need to get done by the end of the year. Like as if January is not happening, Completely self-imposed. Yeah. Right. Yes. And so then as I was listening to you talk, I'm thinking about how suddenly sleep gets deprioritized or exercise. Like I know personally for me, when I'm really heavily involved in a new project, I am hyper-focused on that project and it becomes my number one interest. You know, I'm like a dog with a bone and everything else gets pushed aside. And before I know it, it's like, oh yeah, I didn't go for my run this week or, you know, I didn't go out running a couple of times. And then suddenly it's two, three weeks has passed. And it's like, wait, hang on a minute. No wonder I'm feeling grumpy and tired because suddenly I'm not going out for a run. 
I'm feeling yeah. tired and I'm staying up late at night watching Netflix because I want to just zone out. But then because I'm watching Netflix in bed, I'm staying up till 11 or 12 at night. And suddenly I'm only having six hours sleep as opposed to the eight hours that I normally get. And then you wonder why, well, you as in me, <laughs> I suddenly wonder... <laughs> oh, why am I so tired? What's happening? Why am I so irritated? Why am I now finding work so hard to do? I think it's one of these interesting things that we can slip into without when we're not paying attention, right? And it it seems like such an innocent, logical thing to do. It's like, I've got this project, of course. Like, no, it's fine. Like, I cannot go out for my run today. I'm just using running as an example. No big deal. Oh, I can have two-minute noodles today instead of my nice, healthy salad. Whatever. It's just this one time. But then before you know it, suddenly you're not looking after yourself. You're not listening to your own body. It's like we bypass ourselves at the expense of things that need to get done. What are your thoughts about that? It definitely creeps up on us. And I love that you mentioned listening to the body. I think certainly women, whether you're a mother, whether you're a woman in business, there are a lot of pressures that you can't necessarily control. And I think over time, those pressures can mount and build and mount and build. And if you're in a situation where you really have to decide yourself what you're doing every day or make choices for yourself, you're not necessarily just kind of able to cruise. You know, you're doing things that are important. You've got big dreams, you've got families, you've got various things, you know, various roles, and they're all important. If you're not vigilant about how you manage, and I call that self-abandoning, you know, when you just stop doing the things that you need, like you stop getting the sleep you need, you stop drinking water every hour, you stop those things. I just call that self-abandonment because it's really easy to do. I mean, it's something that I think all of us do at different times. In my story, There was some quite extreme things that led to self-abandonment. I had a little bit of early life trauma and then I had a sort of a a bit of an unsettled period at the beginning of my work life where both my parents got divorced in the same year. (laughs) They were already divorced and then they got their second divorce and everything kind of just went crazy at the same time. And then for 10 years, I was very unhealthy and partying and kind of trying to be really career-driven but not succeeding very well and working in film, lots of parties, having a great time but also not looking after myself, pure self-abandonment. And then I had a child and then I was in a, a less than ideal relationship and I found myself really like at the at the absolute worst of it, homeless, addicted, single parent recovering from domestic abuse, you know, like ridiculous. It just it crept up on me to the point that really everything could not have gone more to crap than it did, you know, in that sense. And just for a moment, for a brief time, fortunately, I had a lot of support around me that kind of helped me dig that, dig myself out of that hole. But it did make me become very passionate about, okay, so what do I have to do to be okay now? And I think even on a micro scale, you don't have to have had such a severe experience to know that we do run ourselves into the ground sometimes. And especially at this time of year, and especially with things that we build up in our minds as being important that probably aren't that important. And that, that piece that you're talking about, about prioritizing yourself, that is the number one thing that the women I work with struggle with. That is the number one is how to put yourself at the top of the list every day. How do you do that? Because we don't, we just don't. And there's a host of reasons why we don't. 
But that is a really interesting area. I, I find it fascinating that that is such a hard thing to do for us. I don't know if you find that. I mean, that story you told me tells me you do know, you do do that sometimes, that that thing you need just drops off. It just drops off. Oh my gosh. I have to share this analogy. So many things from what you just said. Self-abandonment. Oh my gosh. Yes. And this is how I use it to help myself. So think of a car, right? A vehicle. And we're trying to get somewhere. We're actually pushing that car and it's cars are heavy, (laughs) (laughs) really hard to push. Yes, they are. And you move really slowly when you're pushing the car. And I see this like as if somebody's saying, hey, you're the vehicle, right? There's a petrol station there. You could stop and pull (laughs) into the petrol. Just get the petrol. And pull into the petrol station get the petrol and then you can get in the car and drive and it'll be so much easier and you'll go so much faster and you're like, no, I can't stop. I don't have time to go to the petrol station because I've really got to get to where I'm going and I've got to keep pushing this car. And that analogy for me is so powerful because I'm just like, oh yeah, I've got to put petrol in the car. Like... (laughs) I mean, when you say it like that. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. And the thing is, we can know it in our brains and still not do it. And it's that interface of awareness and action. So, how do we take this knowledge or awareness of what we need and do the thing every day consistently? Why should we do that? Because it's not like we don't know that we need water to survive, but we still don't drink enough water. It's not like we don't know that we need good sleep to function at our optimal levels, but we still don't get enough sleep. And it's that thing of like shouting self-care at a woman who doesn't have the time or capacity to do the self-care is horrible. You know, so we get this message everywhere bombarding us. Stop at the petrol station. Like, you know, you need to. But the problem is not that we don't know we need it. I actually feel like the reason that we don't stop at the petrol station, such a great analogy, or the reason that we don't do the self-care is really personal and often quite different for every person. Like for me, it was definitely at that point in time, at that worst point in time, a self-worth issue. It's not worth it. It's not important for me to look after myself. I don't matter that much. That was definitely what was beneath my self-abandoning at its most extreme. Now it's a little different. You know, now it's a little more subtle. I kind of can pick up those big red flags a lot better now. So now the flags are sort of more pastel colors and a little more hidden. I have to actually dig a little deeper to work out when I start self-abandoning while I'm doing it, you know. And the problem is, right, when you're in depletion, when you've got a thousand things on your to-do list, how do you have time or energy to do that? Like, how do you, how are you supposed, you don't have time to read the book of whatever, you know, whatever thing is holding you back. So my whole thing is how do we make it accessible and how do we give you little shortcuts and little ways to kind of understand and also gentle accountability with other people who understand to allow you to do it consistently enough that it makes a difference. Because you kind of have to do it consistently. You can't just have one drink of water a day and go, well, that's done. Hydration done. You know, you can keep doing it. So, yeah, that's my whole thing is how can we just create spaces in which that's more normal to go, oh, I've been really crap at looking after myself today. There's so many directions I could go with this. I think you've hit (laughs) the nail on the head in terms of one, awareness. 
right? And I know what you're saying. Like, yes, intellectually, we do know, oh, yes, I need to drink water. I need to sleep. But in the moment in situ, I think awareness is actually lacking. And that can happen at varying degrees of intensity from somebody who's just had a baby, for instance, and is totally depleted, like literally in every single way, you know, they're just getting zero hours sleep and not getting a chance to eat or even have a shower or whatever, right? And there's that sense of the work there is not valuing themselves and that worthiness. But then there's also another end of a spectrum where you're not really full on depleted in that way, but you're experiencing some burnout and depletion because you're not putting awareness on yourself. And I think this all comes down to our relationship with ourselves. Yeah, totally. Absolutely agree with you. And that takes practice. So this is not a kind of one and done thing. This is an ongoing practice like anything that the more we do it, the better we get at it. And it's also something that I feel we need to be very kind to ourselves about and very generous with ourselves about and understand that once we embark on this process, we're going to go back sometimes. We're going to take a couple of steps back. There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes you go back a bit and get it wrong again before you get it right more the next time. That's okay. That's how we learn. That's a growth mindset. That's just life, you know. Don't think that like you do the diet for two days where you eat really good food and then you fall off the wagon. So, oh, it's just no point doing it at all. No, this is an ongoing practice. This is an ongoing, I'm going to look after my health in a myriad of different ways. And I like to think about it as kind of like circles within circles. So if you're the eye of it all, the place to start is with the basics. You start with really simple things like food, water, nutrition, sleep, mindset, mental health or mindfulness, meditation, however you want to talk about that and movement and exercise like you mentioned. And then once those things feel like they're kind of in place, then you move into relationships. How can I kind of look at my relationships and think about them a little differently? Be more honest with people about what I need. Allow those close to me to help me and support me. And then you move out another step into, okay, my home. How am I running my home? What is it about the way my home is that bothers me or could be better? And what are the easy things that will make the most, the biggest difference? What's the thing that bugs me the most that I can change that's really simple, but it'll make me feel better? And then I can, you can probably hear my child in the background here. (laughs) He's just come to visit. And then you can move into bigger things again. Like, okay, well, now what do I want to create out in the world, in my community? Do I want to do charity work? Do I want to be in business? Do I want to go to work? Do I want to expand my business? Do I? What's happening out in the world? And then you move out into the biggest, biggest things is how can I align what I'm doing out in the world with my values and be really purpose-led and aligned? So that's the, the sort of the fifth stage, right? So these are the little things to big things. And you do the little things every day and you do the big things less often. So what that sounds like to me, Elena, is Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I'm sure you've heard of that. Oh, yeah. Very similar. Yeah. And this is always my duh moment. And it's so funny. I I have these conversations with my clients all the time and they always sort of look at me sheepishly like, oh, how could I have not got that? But I do the same thing with my coach when we forget about our basic needs and then we wonder why we're tired. And I just gave those examples before about, you know, when I, you know, push running to the side or I push my own needs. Yeah. 
really, if you're starting to feel depleted or burnt out at this time of the year, one thing that you can do is just actually look at, am I meeting my basic needs? Am I getting the amount of hours of sleep that I require? Am I eating the foods that nourish my body? Am I drinking water? Whatever it is, am I moving my body? That is in itself. I know that all the women listening right now, they're so amazing. They're so intelligent and they're like, yeah, duh. But at the same time, it's like, oh yeah, duh. Whoops. <laughs> forgot. Like, yeah. Like if not, why not? You know, is it a really simple reason? Like, do you just need a water bottle on your desk? So get a water bottle put on your desk. Like sometimes it is that simple. And what I like to say also is, can you habit stack anything. Can you just put something next to your toothbrush, a supplement you should be taking, you keep forgetting, move it somewhere, you're going to see it every day, do it alongside something you do every day. I would also say that sometimes we just don't know what's the most important thing that will really move the needle for us at any given moment. So if you're not sure, there's a really great exercise you can do where you literally just create an X on a page with four quadrants and you rate sleep nutrition, mental health or mindset, or how much are you meditating, whatever you want to call that, and exercise and movement. And you give them a rating out of 10 and you think about it just over the last seven days. And once you've decided, okay, which of those is the one that is the least on that number? So maybe my sleep is only a three out of 10 this last week. So that's the focus for the next week. So you just pick a focus for seven days. You say, okay, I'm just going to focus on this one thing that will make everything else better. Because if you want to use the tired example again, when you're tired, you know that feeling like your eyes are puffy and they almost hurt and you notice that you're just a bit more shorter and sharper in your responses to people. Everything feels harder. Maybe your body even feels actually heavy. You're squinty and you can't think straight. You can't be bothered to make good food for lunch. So you just grab whatever's in the fridge or you grab something from the shop that's not healthy. You know, everything else goes to crap along with it. So because of that, you pick the thing that is the worst and you focus on that because then everything else will improve. You know that if you do get a bit more sleep. So using the sleep example again, it could be really simple. Like you just turn your screens off a bit earlier or you get some blue light filter glasses to wear during the day with your screens because that will reduce the pressure on your ability to produce melatonin. You can actually take melatonin only with the GP's advice, but you actually can do that as well. There's ways to make sure just sitting in the sunshine will increase melatonin. There's a million things, but what you'll find is once you put your brain to work, once you put your subconscious to work on it, you say, okay, sleep's my focus. You will pick up what you need to pick up in order to improve it. That's how we work. That's how our brains work. It's a really clever part of our brain that if we say, go do this thing, it's the buy a red car, see a red car principle, it will do that. So give your brain a clear instruction. Make it simple for yourself to start with and then get more complex as you go. So just start with one thing. Yes, I love that. And I want to sort of hammer that in and um, give that extra support because here's the thing. I mean, we haven't really talked about money and goals, but in this episode, but it is totally related to money and goals. The whole reason why you're depleted in the first place in this context of going for your business goals, your money goals is because 
you've got your eye on the pie, you're doing all the things and then you've forgotten yourself. And so I love that this, it's so simple. We can make it way more serious than it actually is. Like, like you were saying at the start, like we can make it mean something about us, like we're doing something wrong or that we're wrong in some way. When actually, if we just take a moment to take a breath and just go, oh yeah, this is really important to me. I am taking all these actions because I want to create my money and life goals. However, I don't have to do it at the expense of myself. I can just pause for a second, look at the quadrant. Okay, what do I need? Oh, sleep. That's right. Okay, yes. good. Let's make just- it simple. And also, like, I love what you're saying there. And we talked a little bit offline about slow progress. And this is a really important key to what we're talking about is just slow your roll and understand that nobody has been successful financially overnight. Nobody. That is a myth. It is totally untrue that people put in the work, even the people who win the money don't feel successful, right? But so wealth, true wealth is an experience of life. Why do we want lots of money? We want lots of money because we want to have freedom and experience true presence in our life. That is the goal for everyone I would hazard. You know, why do you want a big house? Because then you can live in it and have a great life. It's not about the house. Why do you want a pool? So you can have friends over to have a party around the pool. It's not about the pool. You know, like, so I think there's this context that we can often lose sight of and money is absolutely no exception that true wealth is about how we feel in our lives. And this is directly related to that. And you cannot feel okay with anything if your health or your essential sense of just beingness is out is off, you know, and that's really what depletion feels like. Oh my gosh, 100% love that so much. It's like what we're doing right now, if you're feeling depleted, it's like you're working your butt off to get the pool, but you've forgotten to stop and actually get in the pool and swim in it and enjoy (laughs) it. (laughs) That's right, which we all do. And I want you to be really compassionate with yourself about that and never kick yourself in the bum about it and always feel love because that's human. That's who we are, right? That's what we do. But let's just remember, we also need to do those basic things as well and just feel good in our bodies and our souls and our minds. And, you know, and this is a, this is a holistic, I talk about holistic health. It's a holistic situation where everything feeds into everything else. It's that working out what's the one little thing. And, you know, there's, there's a little system that I use that I, I'm happy to share as well with your listeners just to help you do that. But there's lots of other little cool things you can do. Like there's one minute meditations that will help you to just chill for a sec and just come back into the body and come back into tuning into what you need and intuiting that and being conscious of what's lacking for you in the day. You know, we only have a certain amount of, we have infinite energy in our lives, right? It's a martial arts thing as well. There's infinite energy you can draw upon when you're fighting on the mats in martial arts, but there's only a certain amount of energy you have in that moment, in that half hour, in that day. Our energy in a day is finite. So we have to be good custodians of that energy, you know. So a lot of this stuff about depletion is about, well, how can we really take care of ourselves so that we have the most energy for the things that matter? Yes. And when we do do that, we get the things done that matter. Of course we do. And I think that's the point that 
we miss when we get into depletion, that suddenly we're making those things more important than ourselves and our own well-being and just actually being present in life. Yeah, it's like Star Wars. We go from hope and trust to fear and disdain. You know, like that is literally what happens. I mean, when you're feeling severely depleted, everything can feel very hard and very dark. You know, it can be really difficult. And I think sometimes it does lead into more serious issues. So it can be serious if we don't address it. So why not address it? every day in small decisions, in small choices and allow ourselves to stay with that hope and trust in ourselves. You know, we actually do have all the answers to these things inside us. We just get disconnected from those things. All right, Elena. So let's, because I know that someone listening right now is like, oh man, yeah, I'm going through that right now. I'm feeling a bit depleted. Can you hit us up with those three simple steps? What's the process? I like to talk about rest, reconnection and restoration. Sometimes I use rejuvenation because that takes you even further into the goodness. And I talk about them more. I just call them the three secrets to beating depletion or healing depletion. And they're pretty actionable. Like there's just simple actionable practices that you can use to make sure you're doing those things, just resting, reconnecting and restoring. And I just call it all, all over health. So you can find those actually at alloverhealthy.com forward slash money for you, Megan, alloverhealthy.com forward slash money. Yay. So you've got a little process that they can actually follow. Well, yeah, it's just a a bit of a deeper understanding of practices you can use. It's really just three paragraphs because someone who is depleted can't read a whole book. So I make it very, very simple. I just ask a few key questions and suggest a few key actions and it's all summarized there. But really that process that I talked about a minute ago where you just say four quadrants, what can I focus on now? That's the go-to for me. That's the number one because until you get that sorted, nothing else will matter. So until you really understand what's the underpinning thing right now, the thing that's really in my face that I can't see, that's the key. Start there. And just the self-compassion piece. Like they really are. And that is actionable. I know it doesn't sound it, it sounds woo-woo, but no. When something in your mind says, oh, you're crap at that, just catch yourself. Just develop a part of you that observes that. This is a Buddhist idea. That you just develop a part of you that observes the part of you that's tough on yourself. So there's lots of names. People have names for that voice, the inner critic, the self-doubting inner critic. Catch yourself. That practice is very, very powerful. And all the things we've talked about today kind of lean into that idea that once you start to bring in that awareness, then you can make those changes really easily. And it's so personal. There's no one framework for everybody. But those kinds of practices and those kinds of tips, I think, are actually real game changers, even though they sound super simple. They're not necessarily easy. So they take time and practice to develop. Oh, Elena, I 100% agree with you wholeheartedly. Compassion, I don't think is woo-woo. It totally relates to, like, I mean, yeah, I know it gets perceived like that sometimes, but it totally is all about connecting with yourself and looking after yourself. And I think really the message here that I've got from today is that we get depleted or we get burnt out when we stop listening to our own voice and we stop meeting our own needs. Because when we're not listening to ourselves, what did you say? Self-abandonment. Yeah. Right. And then that's like what leads us down that road to depletion and burnout because we were there all along. We're with ourselves the whole time. We can't escape ourselves, but it's when we stop showing up with that compassion and stop listening to our own body, our own needs, that's when that happens. And what a beautiful thing that that can be solved with self-love. I mean, 
Yeah. Yeah. Self-love and interconnection. We need each other. Like I needed you to have this conversation today and you needed all your beautiful listeners to have this conversation today. We need each other, you know, that's really a very important part of it. Well, I think that's a good note to end on. How can we get a hold of that? those beautiful three rest, reconnect and restore? And and also, Elena, how can people find you? They want to find out more about you. Tell us all your, you know, social media handles. So, look, the best way to get in touch with me is Instagram and Facebook and that's Soul Mama Hub, S-O-U-L-M-A-M-A-H-U-B. But honestly, if you just type my name into Google, you'll find me. And also um, the link to the freebie is all over healthy.com forward slash money. And I would love to hear from any of you. If some of this has resonated with you, please hit me up with your questions, with your comments, with your connectiveness. I would love to hear from you. I really dig hearing from people out there in the world, especially women in business. So thank you, Megan. Thank you, Elena. It's been a pleasure having you on today. Pleasure, pleasure. All right. So it's nearly the end of the year. This is what this podcast has all been about. And this is the perfect time to start working on your big money and life goals for the year to come. And that's what I help you do. And I just wanted to share some of the beautiful goals that my clients have been working on and created this year. So they have launched podcasts, they've doubled their income, they've built businesses, they've built businesses on the side as a side hustle while they're still in their corporate job. They've gone on holiday for six weeks and still made money in their businesses. They've created a two-year plan to transition from full-time work in their current job to in their business. One of my clients made 100K in her biz on top of her full-time job. I mean, come on. Can we just give a round of applause for that for a moment? Saved 100,000, got more done in less time, landed a big client, got a celebrity client. They're happier. They like themselves more. They're making decisions. They're not doubting themselves. They're doing new, big, scary things and they totally have their own back while they're doing it. And they've had me by their side, being their biggest cheerleader, guide, and support. You don't have to reach your big money and life goals alone. Your dreams are possible and you can make the money that you want doing what you love, whether that's building a business or in your current career. So if that speaks to you, if any of those results that my clients have created this year are the kind of things that you would like to work on and you would like my support doing that, I'd like to invite you to work with me in my one-to-one program. The next step is to book a consultation so we can meet and find out together if we're a great fit. You can do that by going to my website. The link is always in the show notes of this show, wherever you're watching it. And until I see you next week, till I get in your ears next week, have an amazing week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Money Mindful Podcast. For future episodes, be sure to subscribe. Ready to take the next steps? Creating your money and life goals can be super challenging if you don't have a process to follow. Get my free course that will help you get unstuck, clarify your goals, and get you going. For more info, go to meganjsmith.au.